Today we are going to be talking about the Book of Enoch. The Book of Enoch is an extra-biblical source that happens to be mentioned inside of Jude's letter. This begs the question, how do we handle religious works outside the Bible? This topic reminds me about a story I heard about a man who was trying to build a doghouse. He wasn't a particularly skilled builder, but he had a good set of instructions to guide him along. When he finished, he looked upon his creation with pride. His neighbor noticed and came across, stood beside him, and said, Well, you did it. That is one fine grill. Grill, asked the man who built it. He looked down at his instructions. The word grill was clearly printed across the top. He had the wrong instructions. And one of my mentors, Dewey Harris, used to meet with a group of men to study the Bible. A pastor of another church joined their discussion, which made for an interesting dynamic. It became evident that this pastor was not in agreement with all of the Bible's clear teachings. So Dewey asked him if he believes that the Bible is the word of God. His answer was yes, but that he believed that the Bible was one amongst many works inspired by God. Other such works would include the Quran and the Vedas. When you become aware that extra-biblical sources are directly quoted inside of the Bible, you might wonder what makes the Bible so special. How is it that we can quote the Bible and assert it to be ex the exclusive Word of God when some of its verses originated from totally different documents? The Book of Enoch is one such example. Although Enoch is not totally foreign to Judeo-Christian culture, it is not a book of the Bible. These are verses 15 and 16 in Jude's letter. The Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. It attributes this prophecy to a man named Enoch. And if you're a Genesis buff like myself, you'll recognize his name. And in my early days of reading the Bible, I remember reading this and thinking, Huh, Enoch said this. I need to look this up. And lo and behold, the quote is not found anywhere except for in Jude. And for me, I thought that either I it was found somewhere else inside of the Bible, or maybe it was simply an oral tradition that found its way into the Bible. For instance, in the book of Acts 20.35, Luke wrote, The words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Under further investigation, you will notice that the gospel writers never included this quote in the words of Jesus. But I'm sure Jesus said many, many things that the gospel writers never recorded. Nonetheless, it is consistent with Jesus' other teachings, 
And Luke was inspired by God to include this in Paul's teachings. But such things could rattle the faith of someone not prepared to hear that the Bible quotes outside sources. Would it shake up your faith to learn that Jesus quoted other teachers of his day? I remember mentioning in a previous sermon that do unto others as you would have them do unto you was a fairly common teaching, albeit it was often worded a little differently back in Jesus' day. It turns out that citing non-biblical teachers inside of Scripture was not an odd practice at all. The Apostle Paul did so often. In Acts 17, he quoted Cleanthes and Eratus. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, he quoted Menander. And in Titus 1.12, he quoted Epimenides. And when I said that Jesus quoted other teachers, and Paul quoted other teachers, that is not something that hurts their credibility or diminishes the amount of inspiration of their teachings. These were teachings that the Holy Spirit of God found fit to include in the canon of Scripture. Regarding the canon of Scripture, the person known as Enoch is indeed found in the book of Genesis. Genesis 5.21-24 tells us about this man. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Within this brief genealogy, we learn a good deal about Enoch. He was the father of Methuselah. In the verses before this, you learn that his father's name was Jared. Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years and had multiple children. Because of his faithful walk, God took him away, probably in a manner similar to that of Elijah. For being as incredible of a man as we are told, the Bible does not say much about the events of Enoch's life. I imagine that there were probably oral traditions and maybe even other writings that preserve the teachings of Enoch and the events of his life. I believe the book of Enoch to maybe be a compilation of these traditions. It is a strange book that tells the story of how certain angels came down and took human wives. The women gave birth to giants that became ruthless cannibals. God cast judgment upon these angels, encasing them in stone, and Enoch at first pled for the forgiveness of these angels, but it was revealed to him that they actually deserved judgment. At last, God revealed his plan to flood the world and to bring ultimate judgment against mankind. Sure enough, you find the verses that I cited from Jude within the first chapter of the book of Enoch. Based on its parallels to the Bible, I would not be surprised if maybe some of Enoch's story was true. Nonetheless, it is not scripture. It was written in the 2nd century BC, so it was far removed from the events and the person's life that it describes. It is believed to have been written by a man named Rabbi Ishmael, not Enoch or anyone else from that day. 
even if it was preserved by oral tradition for many centuries, it doesn't take long for oral tradition to become corrupted and to deviate from its original story. The bottom line, the Book of Enoch, no. I do not discourage you from reading it, but remember that you are not reading scripture if you choose to do so. Now, having said all of this, I'm not too concerned about people fretting over sources that are cited inside of the Bible. We know that scripture is authoritative. What does concern me is extra-biblical sources that cite biblical material. There are other religions that cite directly from the Bible. Some of the most popular ones are Abraham, Moses, and many even try to include Jesus within their religious texts. What Christians are often prone to do is conclude that, well, these people are just like us. They like Abraham. They like Moses. They like Jesus. How can I say that they're anything less than Christian? And it might sound harmless, but it is more than just a slippery slope. These are quintessential tactics in presenting false teachings. Put a little bit of truth into your story, maybe even a lot of truth, and then add your real agenda on top of it. All I'm saying is be discerning. There are actually a lot of authors out there that are teaching the Bible faithfully as well, but you must be discerning even with them. I remember years back there was a man who became prominent inside of mainstream Christianity known as Rob Bell. He was known for his creative and controversial teaching styles and his take on the gospel. It resonated with many Orthodox Christian teachers, but many others knew that something wasn't quite right. Shortly after his fame had peaked, he started teaching heresy, doctrines that directly contradicted the clear teachings of Scripture. Not all Christian teachers make these sorts of mistakes, but we must never fall to the temptation to consider their works to be equal to Scripture. The whole point Jude was making with his citation was that he used the context that he had already provided and cited a book from the book of Enoch, who is a biblical character, by the way, to make it clear that false teachers and their followers will face severe judgment. This judgment, of course, will come directly from God. That is a fearful fate that nobody wants to share. On that note, how do we know that the Gospels are not just extra-biblical sources created by false teachers? After all, the Old Testament was completed before we learned the story of Jesus. Who is to say anything other than the Old Testament ought to exist? Well, it's because of the unfulfilled prophecies of the Old Testament that the prophets actually wrote about the coming of Messiah. They also wrote about how we would recognize him. Jesus fulfilled the writings of the Old Testament so thoroughly that I continue to be amazed when I read a scripture that relates to his life that I never noticed before. In fact, Jude's prophecy is in direct relationship to a New Testament prophecy that remains 
unfulfilled, that being the return of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 says, May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his holy ones. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 1030. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.